0: And now it's health and well-being with Naturopath Peter Mullen.
1: Hello Peter and welcome back. Doesn't the weeks roll round quickly?
0: They do go so fast, don't they?
1: <laughs> we do have another health and well-being. Now last week we were talking about anxiety and we had so many people contact us because obviously it's a huge issue. So you're wanting to talk about that a little bit further and get a special guest on today?
0: Yeah, look, I thought we'd talk with a a friend of mine, Paula Hibbard, about what life's been like. She's got a very busy job and, you know, lives in the real world like the rest of us. But I'm talking with her about how she copes with having anxiety and some of the things she's found to be really useful.
1: Good one. So we're getting that personal touch Personal touch, real
0: life experience.
1: You know, when you're listening at home, you might go, "Okay, Paula's a hairstylist. Why are we chatting to her? Well, she's been living with anxiety, which a lot of us do. And I guess in a job like that, having to be face-to-face with people being switched on, it can be really difficult when you're not feeling 100%. like you want to yeah, 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 and I think um,
0: we were talking about this a bit last week, that a lot of people, you know, by their behaviour are showing signs of having anxiety, but they might not actually um, equate that they're actually suffering from an anxiety situation. Yeah. So um, I thought that it would be good to talk with someone living in the real world, doing a big job that, you know, does have to live with it and manage it and
1: hmm. some strategies she might do from day to day. Last week we were talking about anxiety, Peter, and I think we can recognise that most of us suffer from it. It's a huge topic and we're wanting to take that a little bit further today. So you have a special guest, uh, Paula, who's an international long hair stylist educator. But Paula's been involved with the media. I know she's been involved with some popular TV shows, some magazines. So a stressful job and I guess that's one of the reasons why you've invited Paula on today to have a chat to us about living with anxiety.
0: Yeah, look, I thought it would be good to get some tips and ideas from someone that has a big job that. It's in the public eye and that you know does doesn't always get the choice if her anxiety is flaring to just to pull the pin and say, Okay, well I'm just not going to do that segment or I'm not going to turn up this afternoon. So I thought it's good for us because one thing I've found with my patients over the years is a lot a lot of them will say the first step in is recognizing that you have anxiety and the second step is learning to live with it for starters before then you can start to get it managed better or under control or clear it up altogether so but accepting that you have it seems to be a really big thing.
1: Well Paula welcome to the show it's lovely to have you here. Thank you Sarah thank you. When did you first realize that you had anxiety? Uh, probably year I'm
2: having to say I'm going back to year 10 I'm now 51 so wow. <laughs> a long way back yeah I did a you know how you could do those three minutes you've got to stand up and talk about something and I just ran out of the room
0: and went i can't do this so you were you were year 10 at the time high school
2: yeah
0: high school yeah and i guess anxiety back then like wasn't really talked about or discussed like a word i remember being thrown around a lot then was shy you know kids were described as being shy like anxiety wasn't a word that was really used readily a lot
2: not at all not at all and it wasn't even something that that even came up it was just like i'm standing up in front of these people and i can't do this i'm going to burst into tears so i just ran out
1: so paula that's obviously a memorable moment for you uh you've then gone on and you've become involved uh, in hairdressing you've been very successful Uh, i'm guessing you didn't solve the problem there and then though or completely identify what it was you've obviously lived with this for, for many years and you've evolved with it
2: and it has, I think it's evolved with me as well, as much as I've evolved with it. I think the more that we can talk about it has made it more um, acceptable, I guess, in a, in a term to make it easy. And I now stand up in front of sometimes thousands of people and speak. So um, I think it's something that with, you know, medication, but also with the way in which I holistically look after myself makes has helped me
0: evolve with anxiety so paula just with with anxiety just for people listening because i'm sure a lot of people are familiar with anxiety and some of the symptoms that that people can experience but i'm sure there's still quite a lot a lot of people that really don't get the gist of what anxiety is about can you just explain to us a little bit about what's your experience with anxiety what for instance what sort of symptoms do you experience if your anxiety is flaring or
2: um i want to shut away So I don't. I kind of want to be not uh, with anyone, which is very unusual because I'm a very much a people person. Um, I also get like not um, shortness of breath, but I just get tight and scared. I guess is probably a thing. And if it's over a period of time, which I've got something that I'm building up to, I don't sleep well at all.
0: Okay, Okay. so that's a really good tip for people, isn't it? If that's if it's an event coming up or something that is stressful that you know it might last for a few weeks that build up until you actually get to that event or to that episode or to where where what you need to be doing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I sort of like so that that and and not being able to sleep for some times is then causes an issue because then you wake up the next morning and you you're more anxious because you're then yeah, more tired a... and you yeah, so there's this sort of cycle that you go on um and it's a bit ah <laughs>
0: And Paula, when when did you first realise that that what you were experiencing was anxiety? Was it diagnosed by someone or you just read up on it and you sort of just put it together yourself?
2: Uh, I think there was a degree of putting it together, but then when I um, moved into having a baby and all of that sort of thing, the anxiety then developed then into more, and so then it was seeing a doctor and... Getting on that path, and that was sort of like probably, you know, he's 17 now. So, probably 17 years ago, I actually then someone said, You suffer from anxiety.
0: Okay, it all sort of of came together.
1: It's such a long process, isn't it, Peter, to to really identify and then, you know, work out how you're going to manage it. well-being we've got Peter Mullen here and joined by special guest today Paula Hibbard who's done a lot uh, in the hair industry done a lot of media work you know high pressure job and suffers from anxiety so we've just been chatting about how we identify it because that can actually be harder than what you would think
0: you would think absolutely and what's been interesting Paula is what you've been saying that you realize that you've been suffering with anxiety since year 10 mm, absolutely. which is which is more than a couple of years ago now no offense <laughs>
2: Only no, just. No, offence
0: taken. Only <laughs> just. <laughs> so, Paula, along the, along the way, can you share with us a bit, like, um, some of the things that have really helped you with your anxiety? You know, both from, because anxiety is one of those conditions. As a naturopath, like, I'm obviously all for trying natural medicines first and herbs and supplements and diet and lifestyle intervention. But sometimes with health, really, it's the best of both worlds that gives us the best outcome. Can you share with us a bit about what you've found along the way has been really helpful for you?
2: I think the best of both worlds is, is what I'm, I do and because I'm more on the holistic side as well. But I realised very quickly that that just wasn't necessarily cutting it for me when I had um, postnatal depression. So uh, I, I now have both. And so working with the neurocom, which you've diagnosed for me, which is so amazing and I, I, I love it. But I also take melatonin just to help, particularly in those times when I know I've got something huge on and I can't sleep. Um, running, I do that. And also when I'm eating well, and that doesn't happen all the time, trust <laughs> me. But when I'm eating well, I know I feel better as well.
1: That's a really cool part about um, managing it, mentioning when you know there's an event coming up, Paula. I I guess that's something where you know what what might trigger you and I guess then putting some steps into place before you get to a level of anxiety Mm -hmm. going, hang on, I'm susceptible here, what can I do to help me get Mm -hmm. through this?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's the most important thing. But do you know, I have to say, Sarah, I think talking also, for me, when the world opened up to this is acceptable for you to have anxiety and mm. I could talk about it that just made a huge difference and I do talk about it now hence I'm on radio but it, I think it's you know because the people look at you as as like me stand up in front of people and do all of that and they go you suffer from that and I'm like yeah I do and it mm, it's debilitating
0: well, it really, I think it really brings a, a really good point to the table about mental health still. And, you know, we've some come so far in accepting the fact that it's a real concern. And, but I think we've still got a long way to go because like mm-hmm. if you had, if you were getting bad migraines, you'd be happy to talk about your bad migraines and everyone would think, oh, that's terrible. You suffer from
2: mm-hmm.
0: bad migraines. But still, when you talk about anxiety, I think some people just don't get it or they think that you should be able to be, you know, if you're just a bit more positive or, you know if you just mm. did this or did that that you'd be fine mm-hmm. but i think um, i think it's really important to, for people to realize that that it's a health condition like any other health condition that needs management and support and help
1: absolutely absolutely and the other thing is having people around you that know when you're anxious or getting anxious because yeah, it's great. really it's really easy after the fact i get anxiety it's really easy after the fact to go oh look I was really anxious the other day. I might have been, you know, seemed a little bit different to you or acting differently because I was anxious. Where my husband's great, he'll go, Sarah, you're anxious. You're being manic. You're starting yeah. to get funny it, about pointing that. pointing it out
0: to you and re- working yeah. with you around.
1: Yeah, because it's hard to identify it at the time, or even if you can, it's very hard to go, oh, sorry, everyone, I'm very anxious right yeah. now. Yeah. So it's, it's about having people that can support you through those times as well and point it out to you and maybe um, modify their behaviour to help you.
0: Yeah, it becomes yeah. a bit of a work in progress. Everyone's on board with what's going on. And I think, um, Paula, what you said about the melatonin and sleep is just so important as well.
2: Absolutely. And I think because when you, when you're tired, like some people go on four hours of sleep, some people go on, you know, six. I mean, I'm sort of like a seven to eight hour person. And if I don't get that and mm. working, you know, as I do on movies, you're getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning, you know, like, and sometimes you're just like thinking, oh, far out. Have I got my brushes? Have I got this? And your brain is going like stupid. And you're like, I got to sleep. And that's where, you know, that helps me in that way
1: we'll talk about dealing with anxiety and relationships because peter they can be quite it can be very detrimental if you're not on the same page and working yeah together. that
0: was a good good point of yours about <laughs> like your husband being able to recognize that when you're over revving just to point it out to you which may give yeah. you the space to stop and think oh okay because it can lead to again. conflict otherwise Some, yeah sometimes you don't always realize you're back in that that place again mm. so
1: and it's health and well-being and we're talking about anxiety today and and delving into what it is how to um sort of diagnose it how to manage it and we're looking now at the the impact it can have on relationships and how to manage that peter
0: yeah so paula how, how have you found that in your family like with the uh, with your with your with your children with your husband how um how do you guys as a family deal with with your anxiety
2: it's really quite interesting um when i first realized that it was a problem for me um i think was when my husband said if you don't do something about it i'm going to divorce you so i went to the doctor um you know i think because anxiety can come in all sorts of forms as you you know you come you get really manic sarah by the Mm, sounds of it i i just get kind of like i get a bit inward and i i kind of stop and i stop communicating and i stop you know, like I just become like that, um and so with the kids over time, I've actually been really kind of honest with them, and they're now seventeen and nineteen, and they go, "Oh, Mom, are you okay, and I'll go, "No, I'm not and they're like, okay what can what can we do and it's I think and keeping the lines of communication open is that is what I've found to be the best thing for me
0: that's that's great, actually, and I think that's a really good point paula about that people present with anxiety in different different ways like some people do sort of withdraw and and go quiet um whereas sarah someone like yourself might over rev and be doing everything at twice the speed you normally would and thinking things that much faster um so i think yeah that's a really good point paula about keeping the lines of communication open and again treating anxiety like any other health concern like it'd be like if you said you had a really bad headache and you just needed some quiet time you know we need to think about anxiety is the same that like i'm feeling a bit overloaded i just need to have the afternoon to myself or to you know go to bed and have a rest or have a sleep or
1: and it's teaching our next generation what anxiety listen. is and that it's okay and to listen to their bodies
0: yeah listen to their bodies so that's a really really, really. good really good point and paula what about with with relationship with friends how have you found I'm, your friends have been over I, the, this time
2: Look, I think friends are absolutely um, core. Um, and, and, and choosing those friends carefully, those ones that do get it, and being able to communicate where you're feeling with them. I think that's my greatest thing is that i found girl, girlfriends. Like even yesterday, I texted a girlfriend. I'd had a conversation with her. It wasn't all that fabulous. And I texted her back and I said, I'm so sorry. I just wasn't with the program today and she's like it's okay you can be like that with me and you know it's lovely to hear that yeah yeah
1: so for people that are listening at home and going yep i'm putting my hand up i can relate um to what paul has been saying i know i suffer from anxiety what's one thing they can take away um one tip i guess that can help them
2: i think actually just talk and find those that confidant that can be with you on the journey but also taking the time to realise that this is something that you need help with and you you need to be able to manage it. And I think once you sort of start on that journey, you go, oh, yeah, you know what, it is okay that I'm a bit anxious. I'm going to take it on board and breathe and and go forward rather than sort of like going, I've got anxiety, no-one can know about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and having that having that good support network, and it doesn't have to be a lot of people, does it? And no, Paul, I think it's a really good point. Like in relationships, often we think that our primary partner should be the person that we should share everything uh-uh. with, but we really <laughs> we really need a support network, don't we? Because there there be things that we might share with friends that we might not share with our primary partner for various reasons, and yeah, we do need we do need a, a, a few different people to be be able to share ourselves fully with.
2: Oh absolutely and don't get me wrong my husband is like my best best support absolutely my best support but there's just things that girls understand and there's things that you know your partner mm. understands and yeah. your girlfriends i think sometimes they you just you
1: they're, they're just awesome. And we seem <laughs> and to cherry-pick people in our lives as well, and I know there's certain circumstances where I'll go to one friend or if there's yeah, a different, different. circumstance, there's someone else. We seem to surround ourselves with those people that, that we look to for different reasons, I guess. Absolutely.
0: Paula, thank you Thank you so much. I, I really think anyone listening today that suffers with anxiety, and hopefully people maybe that don't know a lot about anxiety might have really got... A good inside tip, just in the time we've had together, to really get a bit of a gist of what it's like for people, and you know, maybe be a bit more aware and a bit more supportive.
1: Absolutely, uh, yes. Thank you, Paula. It's been lovely Thank chatting you. with you today, and good to know, Peter, that people aren't alone. I don't know the statistics off the top of our, my head. I don't know if you do, but I'm guessing it's a huge number of people that suffer from anxiety on a regular basis. At least, basis. at least
0: one in one in four people will experience some episode of anxiety or depression in their lifetime and they're probably conservative figures. Wow.
1: Well, there you go. So a great topic. Thank you, Paula, and thank you, Peter.
0: Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Paula. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.